Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on July 15th, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, our politics section has been temporarily rebranded Law and Order. Order! Order. We look at a new lawsuit challenging the state's six-week abortion ban. We have the latest on Senator Lindsey Graham and how he is fighting a subpoena from a Georgia prosecutor. Alex Murdoch has been charged with murdering his wife and son, and two of President Joe Biden's nominees from South Carolina have moved forward in the Senate. In business, we have new inflation numbers for you. Not good. And other data, actually good. In health, we have more information from public health officials on the BA5 Omicron subvariant and why health officials are urging folks to get up to date with their vaccines and boosters, especially those 50 and older. Get ready to get caught up, people. We got some news that you're going to be able to use in this podcast. Also, we want to hear your stories. That's why we have a voicemail box set up. You can leave us a message at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in the world. Tell me what you think about these increases in cases, how you've been dealing with COVID-19. It seems like it's back with a vengeance. Folks are getting infected. Let us know how you're dealing with this or other things like inflation, road trips this summer, any number of things. We'd love to hear from you guys, 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is medium according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending July 9th, DHEC reported 13,164 cases, a 9% increase week over week, and zero deaths. There are 448 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, a 30% increase, and 57 are in intensive care, and 13 are on ventilators. ICU admissions and ventilator use is up 16% and 30% week over week, respectively. Currently, 52.4% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. Let's start politics with an update. I'm sorry, I mean law and order section. Order! Mm -hmm. With an update on the state of abortion in South Carolina. This week, Planned Parenthood South Atlantic, the Greenville Women's Clinic, and two doctors filed a lawsuit in state court seeking to block the state's six-week abortion ban. Planned Parenthood says the law violates South Carolinians' constitutional rights to privacy and equal protection by banning abortion, by providing inadequate protections for patients' health, and by conditioning sexual assault survivors' access to abortion on the disclosure of their personal information to law enforcement. The state's new six-week ban took effect days after the Supreme Court issued its decision in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization on June 24th, overturning nearly 50 years of precedent. Governor Henry McMaster filed an emergency motion to throw out the injunction that had blocked the new state law he signed into law early last year. On June 27th, a federal judge granted that request, putting the law into effect. More than half the abortions in South Carolina, or 3,223 in 2021, took place between 7 to 13 weeks of gestation, according to DHEC statistics. 48% occurred at 6 weeks or less. Alexis McGill-Johnson, president and CEO of Planned Parenthood Federation of America, said patients in South Carolina and across the country have been thrust into chaos after the Supreme Court's devastating decision to eliminate a federal constitutional right we have relied on for nearly half a century. 
Now, we will be following this case as it progresses. And in FYI on Tuesday, the House Ad Hoc Committee on Abortion will be meeting to draft its anti-abortion bill. There will not be any public testimony after the committee took seven hours of it last week. But let's stay with legal issues. In fact, I think this whole section I said is law and order based. I pushed some additional news to Tuesday, though, so stay tuned for Tuesday. We still got plenty of other non-law and order news. That's a tease. Now let's head to Georgia, where Senator Lindsey Graham continues his fight against a subpoena to appear before a Fulton County grand jury. Senator Graham says he wasn't seeking to interfere in Georgia's 2020 election when he called state officials to ask them to re-examine certain absentee ballots after President Donald Trump's narrow loss to Democrat Joe Biden, his lawyer said in a federal court filing, this according to reporting by friend of the pod Meg Kennard with the Associated Press. Kennard reports that Graham's lawyers made the argument as part of efforts to fight a subpoena compelling the South Carolina Republican to testify before a special grand jury in Georgia that's investigating Trump and his allies' actions after his 2020 election defeat. Graham's attorneys wrote Tuesday in court papers filed in South Carolina, quote, Senator Graham has never inserted himself into the electoral process in Georgia and has never attempted to alter the outcome of any election. The talk was about absentee ballots and Georgia's procedures. Now, Graham was one of a handful of Trump confidants and lawyers named in petitions filed last week by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis as part of her investigation into what she alleges was a multi-state coordinated plan by the Trump campaign to influence the results of the November 2020 election in Georgia and elsewhere. Graham's lawyers have sought to quash the subpoena, saying in their legal filing that he has sovereign immunity from state court procedures pertaining to his job as a senator, as well as constitutional protection because, quote, the testimony sought relates to matters within the legislative sphere. The first hearing on the case has been set for July 20th in Greenville. Now, July 20th, that's the same day Alex Murdoch has a bond hearing at the Colleton County Courthouse. Yes, Murdoch, who has been in jail since last year, unable to post a $7 million bond on several financial crime charges, has now been charged with two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime in the deaths of his wife Maggie and his son Paul last June. This according to a Colleton County grand jury. South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson and South Carolina Law Enforcement Division Chief Mark Keel announced the charges on Thursday. The indictments didn't feature any evidence around the charges, and SLED Chief Mark Heal said, quote, Over the last 13 months, SLED agents and our partners have worked day in and day out to build a case against the person responsible for the murders of Maggie and Paul, and to exclude those who were not. Murdoch denies killing them and is currently facing several money laundering and fraud charges, as well as civil suits that together allege he stole more than $8.5 million from his law firm and others. And since we're on the topic of courts and law and order, the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee, which Senator Graham sits on, gave bipartisan support Thursday for the nomination of Adair Ford Burroughs to be the next U.S. Attorney for South Carolina. Her nomination now advances to a vote before the full Senate. Speaking of South Carolina nominees, Judge Michelle Childs is set to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate on Monday and will become the next judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. Childs, a South Carolina federal judge in Columbia, was nominated to the position before being put on President Joe Biden's shortlist following U.S. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer's retirement announcement earlier this year. Eight Republicans joined Democrats this week to invoke cloture on her nomination and put it on the calendar. Kind of reminiscent of what Senator Graham was saying about what a Supreme Court confirmation vote would be like if she was nominated. Hmm...
Now this, inflation update. You don't need me to tell you about rising prices, but since you mention it, prices for the month of June were up 9.1% for the year. Mm, not my fault. Yes, that's right. The Consumer Price Index, our gauge for inflation, is at 9.1%. That's up from 8.6% the month before. Grocery prices are up 12% this year, the highest level since 1979. Gasoline, up 61%. But now we have been seeing some declining prices recently from our June highs, so there's been some relief there that will soon be factored in the next CPI reading, which is one reason some economists believe that we may have hit our inflation peak. Maybe? We'll see next month. Now, my fixed income folks are really feeling these price pinches the most. But some silver lining for our Social Security beneficiaries, though, and that is the price increases could lead to a decent cost of living adjustment next year. CNBC reports that the Social Security Administration calculates the annual adjustment by taking an average of the third quarter data from the current year and comparing it with the third quarter from the previous year. But the actual increase for next year may vary, of course, depending on how high inflation is in the coming months. If inflation cools and is lower than the recent average, then the cost of living could be about 9.8%, according to the Senior Citizens League. If instead it runs hot or higher than the recent average, then the increase to benefits could be 11.4%. Now, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates at its fastest clip in three decades to cool things down without causing a recession, which we'll find out if we're in on July 28th. Data. That's when we get second quarter advanced GDP numbers. Data. Now, while a recession was typically defined as two consecutive quarters of negative growth, remember we declined 1.6% in the first quarter, the National Bureau of Economic Research which officially declares recessions, pretty sweet gig if you can get it, says the two consecutive quarters of decline in real GDP are not how it's defined anymore. The NBER defines a recession as a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy, lasting more than a few months, normally visible in real GDP, real income, employment, industrial production, and wholesale retail sales. So a bit more comprehensive than, oh, that's two quarters of no-no. But of course, this isn't really the case right now since jobs are plentiful, wages are rising, and people are still spending money. And you're gonna say, Gavin, how do you know that? I will say, I know this because in June, retail sales rose 1%, beating estimates and shaking off a decline in May. The Wall Street Journal reports some of the growth in retail sales last month reflects that consumers were paying higher prices for goods and services as annual inflation hit a new four-decade high. Some of the sales gains, though, indicate that consumers remain in robust financial shape. Businesses are adding jobs at a solid clip, and workers are receiving wage increases, like we've been talking about. Household finances are also remarkably strong. Those factors are helping position consumers to continue spending as inflation surges, according to economists. And we can't leave without talking about gas prices, guys. We're talking about all these other good numbers. Let's talk about gas prices. They're still falling in South Carolina and nationwide. Right now, the average cost for a gallon of unleaded in the Palmetto State is $4.08. That's down 15 cents from a week ago and 52 cents a month ago, back when we hit our $4.60 record. Yes. So maybe we can get below $4 next week. I'll see what I can do. (laughs) Now, AAA says new data from the Energy Information Administration shows gas demand dropped from 9.4 million barrels a day to just over 8 million barrels a day last week, while total domestic gas stocks increased by 5.8 million barrels. So demand down, supply up. There you go. The decrease in demand alongside declining oil prices has helped to push pump prices down. 
As these supply-demand dynamics hold, drivers will likely continue to see relief at the pump. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, you guys can start speeding again now. <laughs> I'm lifting the ban on speeding. You can go ahead and do it. So we're talking about Omicron BA5 being the next big thing for COVID. It's been on the scene for months now, but has a firm grip in the country. CDC has been monitoring these subvariants BA4 and BA5 since they started rising in April. But the country itself is better prepared than it was during the record winter outbreak of Omicron. And you should be prepared. There are free tests available to you, vaccines now for those as young as six months, boosters, masks, and even treatments like Paxlovid, which reduces hospitalization and death by 90% and it's easily accessible. At this point, most deaths are preventable thanks to these vaccines and boosters. And while BA5 can evade current vaccines and prior infections, that's because viruses evolve, you're still better off being vaccinated and boosted than not, according to health officials like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who spoke during the White House COVID response team press conference this week. Now here's two minutes of Fauci catching you up on BA5. And right now we're with BA4-5, and we don't know what the future will hold as we might get even more subvariants. So let's focus now just for a bit on BA5. What do we know about it? As I mentioned, it has a growth advantage compared to the earlier Omicron subvariants. It substantially evades neutralizing antibodies induced in people by vaccination and infection. But the vaccine effectiveness against severe disease, fortunately for us, is not reduced substantially or at all compared to other Omicron subvariants. We know now from experience that we've had over the last couple of months and others in other countries that it doesn't appear to be associated with greater disease severity or hospitalizations compared to the most recent subvariants. Also good news is that the current antivirals and beptilivumab is predicted to work as treatments, as is Avushel, predicted to work as a pre-exposure prophylaxis. So what does this all mean and what is the message that all of us have for you? And that is meeting the challenge of SARS-CoV-2 and BA5. Variants will continue to emerge if the virus circulates globally and in this country. We should not let it disrupt our lives, but we cannot deny that it is a reality that we need to deal with. The good news is that we have the tools to do this. We need to keep the levels of virus to the lowest possible level, and that is our best defense. Now, to my 50-plus listeners, have you had your first booster dose? If so, have you had your second? Because you are eligible, and so far only 28% of you have done so. Listen to CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky explain why this second booster is so important. Among those 50 and older, those vaccinated with a primary series and only one booster dose had four times the risk of dying from COVID-19 compared to those who had a primary series and two or more booster doses. 
Yes, so only one booster equals a four times greater chance of dying from COVID-19 than those with two booster doses, right? Kind of shocking. Needless to say, this stopped me in my tracks, and I immediately contacted my parents to find out their current status and told them to get up to date as soon as possible. Luckily, I'm blessed to have parents that believe in facts, science, the greater good, and staying healthy for as long as they possibly can. So, booster shots from Gavin. Hashtag blessed. Now, a second booster for all adults has been discussed among federal agencies and the White House, but it comes down to the FDA making that regulatory decision. Some experts are divided over this as more clinical data is needed. And yes, even if you've been infected before, you should still get your shots or booster. Here's Dr. Fauci. Immunity wanes, whether that's immunity following infection or immunity following vaccine, even though the immediate protection following infection or vaccine is generally good protection. But the point that Dr. Jha made should be noted that is good data now that if you were infected with BA1, you really don't have a lot of good protection against BA4-5. And in other countries, particularly that have BA4-5 anti-dating hours, the reinfection rate is clear that that's the case. But the overall principle is that we know immunity wanes with coronaviruses, whether that is natural infection or vaccination. And so if you've been infected or vaccinated and your time comes for a boost, that's when you should go and get the boost. And I might say myself, having been someone who's been vaccinated and infected, when we get the next round of having vaccines available Months later, I will be in line to get another boost after that. So it's going to keep going till we get these numbers down. And with only 34% of eligible U.S. residents having received their first booster dose, questionable. Now, this discussion comes as Moderna released data this week showing its Omicron-containing bivalent booster candidate elicits significantly higher neutralizing antibody responses against the Omicron subvariants BA4 and BA5 compared to the currently authorized booster. So, we got that to look forward to. And now, were you or someone you know hesitant to get one of the mRNA vaccines? Well, you now have a fourth option, this one from Novavax. The FDA granted an emergency use authorization for the company's protein-based shot, which was manufactured using a different process than the mRNA vaccines. So you got options, folks. Ooh, it's vegan. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. Talk to us. We're talking Omicron. We're talking subvariants. We're talking the economy. We're, we're talking summertime. It's not, not talking ticks. We're, we're not, not talking ticks. We're not talking ticks. We're not talking back to school yet. Not yet. Not yet. And that's why I was like, um, you know, my birthday was the other week. And I love it, but just right afterwards, you know, the creep would always start coming and coming <laughs> and the back to school creep. And I was like, oh, can I have some more summer, please? So we're not talking BTS yet, but we're going to be talking something because huh? I think we got we got a call. We got a call. Someone called 803-563-7169. Someone that you may have name dropped already. What? Dr. Pod. Fauci? It's Fauci and Lindsey Graham together. Oh, actually. my God. Oh. Yeah, we got them both. They're on. Oh, but they, finally. Yeah, no, actually, it's not them. Sorry. What? Yep. I'm really sorry, Gavin. I know that that's what you wrote on your vision board for your birthday. It's not Alec Murdoch. He's not calling us from, from yep, prison. Yeah, we he? got him, baby. <laughs> 
mission accomplished. We got Banner it. No. Up. Uh, we got we got we got a great old friend of the pod. So are you ready, Gavin? I uh, I think so. Uh, uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Hit it. Okay. Hello, Gavin and AT. It's your friend Meg, and I'm calling from lovely Blythewood, South Carolina. First and foremost, I want to wish Gavin a very, very happy birthday. I'm calling a few days after his birthday. I sadly was not able to join in in celebrations over the weekend. We can blame a very hot day out in the sun over at the State House this past week. But rest assured, we will celebrate in style as soon as we are able. I also want to let you know about my broken AC experience. We had to replace one of our units on Saturday, which, as everybody knows, is exactly how you want to spend some of your um, summertime fun money. So thankfully, we are all able to rest more comfortably in our home now. Upstairs does not feel like it is both humid and hot, and we are all very blessed by that. So um, all in all, we're doing great over here. Thankfully, we're nice and cool now, and I just wanted to send you guys love and give you um, some fodder there in the hopper because I know it's always thirsty, always hungry, and it's just a small part as a loyal lead head that I can do. Love you guys. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Oh, so great to hear oh, from a loyal lead head, a Meg. Goddess, a goddess. A goddess. goddess. Thank you for the birthday wishes. We Tr- got- truly, the call itself was the greatest oh, birthday present she uh, could possibly give. You know, right? it just it, it just warms my heart. As the all. cockles. Yes. The deep, deep cockles. Just yes. A bomb. A bomb, soothing uh, bomb on her soul oh. on this Friday. Her voice like aloe for my <laughs> for my ears. I love it, Meg. Thank you so much. And you're right. The hopper is always hungry. It is like Shalob yes. in her deep, deep caves it's in, like a, and the Morgul Vale. Well, right now, it's like a, yeah, it's like a broken AC unit. It's just like <laughs> bumping along. And I said I did get coffee with Meg the other day. It was a wonderful experience. Yes. If you ever in Columbia, we you might if, spot us at. If Bull you Street, ever have a chance to get Starbucks. coffee with Meg, just, just go do ahead it. Get just it. do it. Go ahead, get it. And she didn't work at all this time. It was wonderful. <laughs> and uh, I think we'll be doing some pool lounging on Saturday. But mm. those AC stories keep them coming, folks. Because I had an Brutal AC stuff. experience over the birthday weekend. Yes. Long story short, you you know go, went downtown to see my friend Kate in her new Charleston apartment. And it's raining. We're trying to figure out where the apartment is, me and some friends. So you're getting soaking wet. Never and been there. First first visit. First visit. You're, yeah. She moved in four days ago. And, you know, you're walking up these stairs. You're figuring out it's three flights. Okay, okay. We're going to get in there. We know full well, full well that her AC is not working at this point. She yes. told us. Nevertheless, you're Mask doing, off. you know, you're, it's the summertime, you're walking up things, you're Being getting Being a hot. good friend, visiting the new apartment. You just walk in somewhere and expect to get hit by a rush of air-conditioned air. Yeah. And what did we get hit with but a brick of hot. Yes, more of the same. More heat, more even of the more same. heat. <laughs> Somehow worse. <laughs> and I knew she was stressing, so I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, it's not so bad. I was no, like, it's not so bad. let me just stand under the ceiling fan until I stop melting. Because mm-hmm. you're wet, you're humid. It's, well, anyway, felt bad for she was having a moment, but we we had a drink there. Then we went out down the, down in Charleston. It was a wonderful time. Yes, uh, having a a tall 
Twisted tea helps, folks. <laughs> I can vouch for that. That's how. That's how. That's Gavin. That's Gavin's. Not. It's not go-go juice. It's like. It's like. It's his. It's a little wind down for it's himself. It's my diabetic juice. It's twisted and it winds him down. It was okay? basically reminiscent of the Zima commercials. Remember the, <gasps> <laughs> the things that fall off of them? Yeah, explode off of them. I yeah. don't think I've ever had a Zima. I've never had a Zima, unfortunately. Gonna, yeah. You know. Too busy drinking Fruitopia, baby. I was thinking about Sobeys. I never drank Sobeys. I never drank. I was a pink milky one. I was a big Arizona iced tea mucho mango guy. Oh yeah, big mucho mango guy. I love. I want Arizona iced tea right now. Oh yeah, I would drink down one of those tall boys, extra tall boys. That's what that's what planted the seed, the twisted tea seed in my mind. Yeah, probably. It's all one and the same. But a Sobe, I've never eat drank a Sobe or a Fruitopia in my life. They feed us the poisons and give us their They cures. hide our medicines. Yes, our cures. <laughs> Strong start to the wine down here. Uh, but AT, yeah, we had a chance to golf uh, first time since we golfed Memorial Day weekend, which was not my best round. No. Flip side, we golfed. Some would say you're worst. <laughs> Some would say you're After worst. After like a year and a half of not golfing, it was probably my worst round ever. I will say that uh, for anyone listening, anyone starting out in golf, uh, this is a golf podcast now. <laughs> it's, it's a like, narrative. It's a lot narrative. of things they'll go like, oh, uh, I didn't do well. Well, I'm just going to swing harder, yeah. you know? And that's the wrongest thing you could do. Mm-hmm. And f- so this round, Gavin and I went out, I said, hey, Let's go out there. Let's, let's keep it loose. sleazy, okay? Yeah. Let's keep it let's keep it nice, sleazy, loose. Old times. Swing easy. Just have a good time. Enjoy each other's company. We did. And what happened, Gavin? Oh, incredible. I was having bogeys. Like everyone's like, <laughs> oh, bogeys. But I'm like, that is good for GJ. Like <laughs> to hit those, I was having I was actually driving off the tee pretty straight, pretty, pretty straight. much in the fairways. Yep. Like, you know, not too crazy on the rough. Like well, I was just happy. It was nice. It was enjoyable. I had some good chips. I was chipping for the first time you consistently. Because you weren't swinging hard. That's, well, that's, yeah. That's, well, I, I, ch- I changed the golf club I was using. I wasn't using my 60. I was using my 54. It's also, so. I mean, it's it's a hack that doctors don't want you to know. Oh, you know I hate what I mean? this for him. The so, doctors hate this. One of my best rounds, probably my best round ever, was very invigorated. And that was after we spent some quality time on the road on yes. assignment. On assignment. Oh. Very hush-hush. I don't want to give away too much. I might give it away because okay, I, I might ask them to ask call them. if they have anything yes. here. Okay? So Prompt Gavin and I, we were in Bishopville. Bishopville. We were not at least a correctional. We at, don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. But <laughs> <laughs> you might think we were at least correctional, but we weren't. We were actually searching for lizard Hunting. Man. Yes. We were deep in the skateboard swamp, okay? And so that's all I'll tell you. That's all he'll say. That's all I'll say. But I would like that if anyone has any Lizard Man adjacent stories, please call, not for this pod, but possibly for another. Could it be called South of Spooky? It could. It could possibly be called South of Spooky. Dropping this fall? Oh, hopefully. When the leaves change, well, they don't change here. (laughs) But if you were somewhere where the leaves changed in fall, that's where. That's when you would expect a, a spooky, spooky pod about us searching for cryptids and spooky ah! specters around the state. Let us know. Anyway, please call. I would. I would really appreciate that if if anyone grew up around Bishopville or or anywhere up there that that in 1988 some spooky stuff happened. Or any other haunted or spooky urban legend situations you've experienced in the oh, state. Oh, please call. Please call. And, and if it's really good, I'll put it on both pods. I don't really care. Now, <laughs> all that hunting AT did work up an appetite for me. Yes. We're talking about sugar. We're talking about tea. Look at this full circle. Uh-huh. I was craving a sweet tea. Yes. You saw me in the throes. I, and drove, I, said, you, I drove you to a McDonald's. <laughs> I said, take me to Mickey D's. I need some sweet tea. I know it's there. And while we were there, the I said, you know what, Gavin? <laughs> I haven't had it in years. 
Get me some McDonald's French fries. I was dumbfounded. I did a double take. I said, are you sure? I said, I'm, I'm positive. Yes, absolutely flipping positive that I want some French fries right now. Day before National Friday. Yeah, we didn't know that. Fry-yay. But uh, fry-yay. So Gavin got me French fries, and he didn't just do that. He got himself French fries. Of course. There's no way I could just sit there and watch you eat French fries. So we got French fries, and then we went and had lunch. We pre-gamed for lunch. Guess what? This was before lunch, yes. And then we went and had lunch, and you know what? We both had more French fries. <laughs> and did you have French fries that night too? The next day, uh, Caitlin bought me lunch, and she's like, "I just got you French fries." And she doesn't know; she doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, so she doesn't know that I had these prior French fries. Uh, but I, I didn't let her know. I ate more, so I've had I had th- I've had three servings of French fries this week. Absolutely crushing it, living your best life. Yes, I, talk it, to us about French fries, people. I call. love. Yeah, please call about French fries. But yeah, we, very Hobbit style. Uh, Gavin and I, we had we had 11 Z's and then we had lunch, you know. So uh, anyway, people, tell me your favorite Hobbit meal. Call in, Gavin, hit him with the outro, <laughs> yeah. okay? We're dying to know your favorite Hobbit meal. I am. Is it grass? It's tea time. Is it <laughs> tea time? Grass. Okay. Is it brunch? Uh, Mike and Ike's, because I had a whole box of those this week. Let us know. 803-563-7169. Be like Meg. Give us a call. Drop us a line. Also, you can do that, like I said, on iTunes. We love hearing from you guys, and we love to hear what you have to say. So do that, and you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. I am actually chugging it. I, I can drink that much water that fast. I'm a big boy. Do I have any deficiency? I don't think so. Me? No.